You are listening to the Catholic Recon Podcast, testimonies from Catholic reverts and converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask. Don't forget to leave a review and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Catholic Recon, testimonies from reverts and converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask. Before we get to this week's guest, I want to remind you to subscribe and to share this channel with others, share these stories and continue to get the word out uh, as much as you can. Uh, this week's guest is Trisha Duga, and I want to tell you about how I found her. And it's actually quite interesting. I heard about her store. It's providential.co, and they make these, or she makes a number of devotional gifts. And I was stunned. I knew the minute I went to her website that my wife was going to fall in love with, with the store. So I shared it with her and I went to the about page and saw that Trisha was a convert. So I reached out and said, Hey, love to have you on the show. Uh, Trisha, first of all, thank you for what you do with this store and the beauty that is found here. And also for agreeing to be on the program. Well, thank you for having me. And, uh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm just really having fun making things and I'm just excited that people like them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And again, I'm going to put that in the description. I think a lot of people that uh, are looking for gifts and what's so cool about what you do, some of the designs, I've never seen anything like it. And I think it was some of the, um, you make Christmas cards there, right? Yes. Yeah, some of that was just, I don't know, I just very, very beautiful, simple design. Um, but anyway, enough about that. How did how did your journey start? Because we were talking just before uh, recording, and this company of yours started only five, six years ago, but your conversion happened close to two decades ago, right? Yes. Yeah, early 2000s. I was in my early 20s. And uh, basically, I grew up nothing. <laughs> I had some friends who were Christian. I went to uh, a Catholic church with uh, my, well, I'm sorry, it wasn't a Catholic church. It was an Episcopalian church. It was high church. Okay. Um, Episcopalian. Uh, as, a, as a little kid, I would spend the night at her house on Saturdays, and then I'd go with her and her family to, to church on Sunday. And that was pretty much the exposure that I had. Uh, and so by the time I got into high school, I was very lost just very lost. And uh, um, there were some dark times there. Went into college, considered myself an atheist by that point. Mm -hmm. And really, it was more of just, well, if I say, you know, there's no God, I can justify my behavior. <laughs> so I recognized that at some point. And uh, by the time I was in my early 20s, I was married very young um outside of the church obviously but to a catholic okay uh, and we had a child and that kind of set me on this path of personal transformation and asking bigger questions and so i was unbaptized and so i came into the church through an 18-month rcaa process which was very uh very intense very interesting and yep been a catholic ever since and I, it's funny because I still feel all this time later, like I'm still like a baby Catholic. Like I'm just such a, like I'm kind of beyond an infant, more like a toddler Catholic. Uh, 
and God is just so good to me. And I'm, I'm so grateful that he has met me where I was, that he meets us where we are. You know? Absolutely. So you have your first child and do you remember a moment where you felt prompted? I need to look into Christianity or what was I doing in my high school years? What, what happened there that was dramatic for you? Well, it was uh, partially the influence of uh, my then spouse's family, him being a Catholic, being raised Catholic. They were, you know, his mother particularly was very encouraging of me to read the scriptures. And I was a little bit resistant, but my son really, the birth of my son really changed everything because, you know, becoming a mother or a father, I would imagine just has this way of putting everything into perspective. You're responsible for this new life. And, and for me, I was so young. I was, you know, 20 years old and fresh out of art school and didn't know what I was doing. And so <laughs> it was such a, a gift to me to have some, some kind of anchor to really, I felt God's call, but I was really just foggy headed about the whole thing um, mm. at that point. Uh, and but like I said, he, he met me there and he was just so gentle in guiding me through my conversion, which I feel like when I was going through RCIA, uh, it was kind of light on the catechesis and heavy on the emotion. And, oh, okay. you know, I think for, for that program, because it was such a wide variety of people, you know, from different backgrounds and some of them having had some of the sacraments and some of them un unbaptized like I was. Uh, you know, it, it, it fit, I guess, the room and, and the diversity of people. But for me personally, it was only the beginning of really an explosion of questions that would happen a few years later. So uh, by that point, I was like, thirsting for theology, I wanted to know the ins and outs of everything related to the faith. And uh, that happened by the time I had my second child. So um, that is kind of where I, that's what I consider my, my intellectual conversion to the faith. I kind of had a light conversion, <laughs> kind yeah. of an emotional prompting of, you know, calling like God, you know, God gently leading me and dealing with me as I was, you know, kind of ignorant and <laughs> super young and overwhelmed. And then to this, this pinnacle moment after I had my second son, where I was actually, I was going home to, uh, to pump for him because he was in daycare and I was working full time. And I, while I would pump, I would watch EWTN. I found it, you know, just randomly. And uh, it really just got me thinking like, wow, I've never, I've never thought about philosophy. I've never thought about theology. And, you know, I was a public school kid and <laughs> got away somehow through yep. four years of high school without finishing in a book in, in its entirety. <laughs> so uh, it was like a real deep intellectual yeah. awakening. So <laughs> I'm laughing because that's, yeah, that's so similar to me. Just really, yo, yeah, not able to finish much of anything. No interest in what I would call just general academics. It was, you know, I'd get decent grades and everything would work out, but I couldn't remember like, what was the last book? Yeah. <laughs> and I, 
I'd come up with some series that I read like in sixth grade or something as something that I had that was my last fond memory of, of reading, which was really sad, but you realize how much more, yeah, just blows your mind. So then what year was yeah. that where you're diving in? So that was all these questions answered. Yeah, that was uh, 2003 at okay. that point. And um, like I said, just really thirsting for just more of the meat of the faith. And I talked to the woman who ran the RCIA program at the church where I came into the church and she said, Oh, well, I, I studied theology at university of St. Thomas. That's what I did, you know, as a, cause she also um, obviously had that thirst and was directing me on that path. And so I thought, well, that's my next logical step. I'll just, <laughs> you know, I was then working as a graphic designer full time and I had my little kids and, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll go study theology. That sounds awesome. That sounds like way more meaningful than what I'm doing right now, you know, just designing business cards and logos. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I kind of arranged something where I could leave my job and I took on a lot of student loans and I studied theology. So it was awesome. It was some of the best years of my life, just going on campus as a, you know, obviously a non-traditional student, but yep. I was just so into every subject, every class I was excited about, well, maybe not math, but because um, <laughs> I did have to, my art degree was an associate, so I had some making up to do there, but sure. uh, but the theology courses and the philosophy and, and my English courses were even tying in. There was just this synthesis of learning that was happening and I was just on fire about it. I was just so excited to, to learn more. And, um, and I became a theology teacher because of that for a couple of years, but I'm a creative at heart and a restless soul. <laughs> so <laughs> The teaching gig did not last. Um, but I, uh, I was then kind of, you know, led down this path that I'm currently on, which is the marriage of my creativity with what I know about the faith, but really just deeper than that, like just the real relationship that I've developed with God. And I thought then like, oh yeah, like this is, this is great. I'm, I'm learning about the faith and I'm, I'm solid in my catechesis, but now it's like, who cares? I mean, not who cares because it was wonderful, but really yeah. it's like my relationship with God is really what I, I treasure so much. And um, I'm just grateful that he has been so patient with me. <laughs> and my journey has been really exciting, very, you know, treacherous at certain points, but very exciting. Um, yeah. How, how was it difficult, if you don't mind me asking, what, what were some of those periods that were difficult? Um, I know a lot of people will talk about, and I just, the most recent video was uh, a couple talking about how there was this honeymoon phase and then there was some difficult times. I mean, that can be related to being in the church, like uh, politics within the church, but it can also relate to family as well. Yeah. Um, depending on, again, your upbringing, sometimes it's very difficult for family members to accept such a, a shift, but I don't know if that's in your case, what happened. Well, 
definitely my upbringing. I was raised by a single mom and my mom was an alcoholic. And so that in and of itself was very challenging. Um, just dealing with her kind of ups and downs and, uh, and of course my relationship, which started off on, you know, a pretty bad footing. I wasn't obviously a Catholic at that point. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, I ended up getting divorced. Our marriage just kind of fell apart and I felt like a giant failure and I felt like I had failed God. And this was following on the heels of having gone to UST university of St. Thomas, gotten my theology degree, became a teacher. And I thought I was like doing the right thing and just chugging along. And, <clears throat> and so everything just started to unravel at that point. And that was my, my late twenties. So it was kind of a quick yeah. whirlwind thing. And, uh, I just didn't know how to, how to deal with it in terms of like, I, I felt God's absence. I know he, in retrospect, he was definitely there. Otherwise I think I would have lost my mind, but, um, you know, my mom ended up passing away and that was very close to my divorce. And so it was just this really, really intense period of loss for me. And <clears throat> it really, uh, you know, it devastated me, but I'm, I'm so grateful that I had my faith at that point, because like I said, I can't imagine, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't imagine going through a trial or two really big life changes like that, uh, not having that anchor, not having, you know, my faith to sustain me. And in the midst of all that, I remember uh, I stepped into church one afternoon and I just, I just heard God say in the midst of all of this, just put me first and everything will fall into place. And that was kind of the first time I had ever heard God, you know, yeah. um, just so clearly and so directly. And uh, of course, you know, I probably didn't, I mean, I made lots of mistakes, but I just kind of made it through. I look back on that now and I'm like, it's incredible that, um, that I made it through that. And I, I didn't have any bitterness or anger. I, it's miraculous, really. It's really just grace that, uh, has brought me from there to where I am today, you know, on good speaking terms with my ex, we have children together, obviously. So navigating that wasn't always easy. Sure. Um, going through the annulment process, very difficult. Um, and wow, just Jesus was like holding my hand every step of the way and I'm overflowing just, that's, <laughs> I keep that's, saying I'm, I'm grateful, but it's true. Yeah. I'm just, uh, that's amazing. Were, were yeah. there certain prayers that you were drawn to in that like Valley really? Yeah. I've never been super into like rote prayer. I've always been very spontaneous about my prayer. Sure. And I think I felt at a certain point, like I needed to be very wordy <laughs> and like lofty with my prayers. And, and I realized like, I just need to say the simplest thing. I just have to cry out in that moment, even if it's just, you know, Lord help me. Actually, there was a specific thing. And um, it's because of the priest who baptized me that I 
turned to this prayer and he ended up passing away in this period of time as well. It was kind of like, boom, boom, wow. boom. Um, but it was the, the words from scripture, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I would, I would turn back to that prayer. Just, I still do. Um, yeah. but when you're in that, in the thick of that darkness, it's, it's very powerful, that prayer. Incredible. So then you came out of that valley and I'm, I, and you tell me if this doesn't connect, but I, I think it does. So you, you find yourself teaching theology and you said you have all these creative juices flowing and everything. And you decide to make that big pivot. Was that pivot directly into what you're currently doing? Was there something else leading up to that idea, that big yeah. idea? It was not direct. It was very, a very long path from there. So pretty much through most of my thirties, I was, uh, well, I started off, I worked at the Houston zoo for a while as their senior designer. And, uh, that was a really fun job. It was really great for my kids because they could, you know, get behind the scenes and, yep. um, that was awesome. And I had great relationships from that, that, you know, were really life giving to me, uh, from there I worked freelance. So I did freelance design for a handful of years after that. And in, in all of that time, actually for the longest time, I've wanted to have my own business making products. And it just sort of slowly came to fruition that I thought, man, I really need to bring these two things together and make Catholic products that speak to, you know, this younger generation and show them how beautiful their faith is. You know, things like I started with the prayer candle because I thought, oh, here's this thing. It's kind of kitschy. Like I had friends who were not Catholic that would have them around and, and, uh, you know, younger Catholics thought of it as more like, oh, my, my grandma uses those or, you know, just, it wasn't as, as fresh in their minds, like the purpose and the meaning behind it. So I thought I'll take this item and I'll revamp it with better wax. So a soy candle, use better fragrance oils and represent it with new art and, you know, just kind of help people connect to that devotional practice because, you know, it's, it's a very powerful symbol. And um, that was kind of the first foray into my own business with Providential Co that I started with that that candle and all of these designs so i just pulled up the site because i again i just there's certain design that really speaks to me so i was undergrad graphic design wasn't nice. wasn't very good at it that's what i realized after i graduated <laughs> but anyway um the our lady of guadalupe candle for example so you just design that all of this is your art correct yes it's really cool now what would you call that style of design what 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 do you what do you want to i don't know inspire in people when they when they see this or how what kind of memories are you trying to elicit that kind of thing. i'm sure you get to that level when you're thinking about the emotional aspect of all of this yeah i think that i'm just kind of this might sound really terrible but i'm just like having fun <laughs> I'm no just that's not things that i would like <laughs> well i guess it's naturally happening then because yeah um 
like I, like I told my wife, I said, I just see certain designs. I have no idea why it speaks to me, but that lady of Guadalupe design is unbelievable. And awesome. yeah, it's just I'm really so cool. i to hear that. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about the candles, you branch out to these other things. Has the theology background, how, how has that kind of weaved into what you do from the creative front? You know, not as like intensely as I would have thought, but I mean, I, I know my faith. I read, I definitely don't read like heavy theology books like I used to. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely on a different path of just, I just want to connect with God and I want to, you know, really lean into that relationship that he wants. Like realizing that he is pursuing me and how much he loves me is like so mind-blowing but it's also so healing for me as the child of an alcoholic you know sure. like growing up I loved my mom so much we had a really close relationship but there was so much damage from you know watching her kind of self-destruct and um and so for me it's like I just want to focus on that healing like where God is bringing that into my life and he definitely does. And I think in, when I'm creating art, I feel just so alive. It's, it's like plugging into, into the Holy Spirit and just letting the Spirit direct and, you know, carry me through that process. And sometimes it's, you know, it's really not easy. It's kind of like giving birth in a way when you create something, you know, you go through this trial of like, I can't even do this. Like, how have I done this in the past? And you kind of recycle this whole process of like, what, whatever made me think that yes. I was a designer, you know? Yeah. And, you know, once you kind of push past that, you, you get to the, the brightness at the end, but uh, that doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes like there's one piece or, or two pieces that come to mind in particular that I just sat down and I just did it. And I didn't really think about it. I just kind of, and I just lost myself in that process. I just felt excited and energized and inspired. And then it just happened. And then there was something. <laughs> That's incredible. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. Well, it's funny. The other thing that stands out, and I keep coming back to it, uh, a website such as yours, again, coming from a design background, I could, I notice when there's good design or, or poor design. In general, so when my wife and I were going to a non-denominational church for about 10 years, the designers are phenomenal. The evangelical <laughs> designers are phenomenal. Right. So I go, right? So I, when I reverted, I just looked around and I said, yeah, it's just like childhood. I remembered seeing some pretty poor design and that's just the nature of some of these things some of these mom and pop operations yeah but recently you see this incredible i don't know i can't even say a resurgence but maybe in a sense it is um yeah. just seeing all these sites that are just beautifully done and they communicate the reality of catholicism the beauty and yeah. this you know it kind of brings to life the senses in a way that only uh, Catholicism can. So I don't know, Absolutely. there's not a question in there, but I just thought it was an interesting thing every time. I mean, from the book covers to the CD covers to yeah. the logoed sweatshirts, you say, whoa, who's doing this? And they say, ah, it's just a, you know, 
just some kid that graduated a few years ago. I'm like, dang it. They have a good yeah. eye. They have a good eye. Yeah. It's true. And I think that what I've experienced in the creative community that's, you know, that are Catholic specifically is this realization that we are the stewards of beauty. Like it's our responsibility to reclaim our identity as, you know, as artists. And we, we had this on lock in the Renaissance. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly where I was like, okay, kind of a resurgence here, but yeah. Yeah. And then things, you know, obviously fell by the wayside and you have a lot of bad art and things that are, you know, just uh, poorly made or cheaply made. And I wanted to take that on specifically, like make things, source things myself, try to source as much, you know, locally or minimum USA as possible. Yeah. And uh, just make sure that I'm putting quality out there because, you know, that's what believers deserve. They deserve that in their their yeah lives. yeah yeah you want de definitely want quality for sure um i mean some of the rosaries for example so i got um why can't i think rugged rugged rosary yeah and went for it because of that paracord it's so thick so i remember getting these rosaries as a youngster and they were great but they would fall apart and and you get to that point where you say it is worth something that you're going to use on a regular yeah. basis you know, that quality. So you've seen the rosaries in general popping up everywhere that where the quality is exceptional. Yeah. You know, I'm so excited that this is happening because it really is just like this, this wave of yeah. young Catholics that are yep. using their skills and their talents to promote the kingdom and doing a really good job. Yeah. Making me feel really proud as opposed to like, thanks. <laughs> You're, you're like there are a billion of us is that the best we can do i mean this <laughs> um uh what was i going to ask you what other do you have other products that you're working on that are going to be coming out soon or what what how do you get that down you know where you have a product line and then you kind of figure out oh is there a gap here or is it just you're motivated to do something else how does that all come together yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question because sometimes there will be you know a gap and then I'll I mean obviously with the candles there was a gap there and I I seized on that the candles are uh, my best selling item and I won't bore you with all the the details but we basically moved from Houston Texas to Vermont in September oh wow and I had the candle production. I had some people helping me in Houston. I kind of had it on lock and I was excited to free up my time to do other things, but it's not really working out the way that I thought it would. Obviously shipping candles 1800 miles or however long it is uh, from Houston to Vermont is not ideal. So I'm taking that back in house and kind of getting back to my roots of pouring the candles myself, coming up with the, you know, obviously the artwork is what I do. And I'm really excited about that. I, I, I'm just really trying to surrender it. Not I mean, I am trying. <laughs> it's very difficult, right? But I'm, I'm leaning into what God is asking me to do, which is to just give everything to him. Obviously, he's asking all of us that, right? Just surrender, just trust. And I'm excited to see where he takes it because I know times are weird and tricky and kind of scary 
And especially for a small business owner, it's like, ooh, you know, what, what is it going to look like six months from now? Yeah. Um, but that's not for me to worry about. <laughs> True. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to continue to just be excited and work on, you know, the artwork and I have a special candle. So the tall candles, the glass during the pandemic that with the supply chain issues, I couldn't get that glass for almost a year. And I finally got my hands on more of that. So I'm excited to make more of those and um, yeah, just keep chugging along, just keep creating. Uh, that's very, very helpful. I wanna ask you one more question related to the relationship you were talking about. Okay, here you go pursuing theology and many of us have spoken to a number of people that, yeah, we can get caught up in the knowledge of it. Yeah. And I like your plea to not forget the relationship. And that is typically, it's funny, it's a common knock on Catholics. Okay, you don't have the relationship. Um, first of all, I would disagree with that completely because the same thing happens in any, in any Christian group. You're going to have people that are truly devout and humble and they want that relationship. And then you're going to have other people that may just get distracted and forget what it means to be in relationship. Mm -hmm. So my question is, what, what advice would you give to those that feel like they don't, that God is absent, or they just can't grab his hand? And, and you know what I mean by that? Yeah. They, they can't, they're just having a dark period and they don't know what to do to kind of return to what they once knew. Yeah. I would say uh, my best advice would be adoration. I think that that particular practice, which was something that I didn't personally embrace until very recently, um, I was just kind of ignorant about it for a really long time, but uh, it's been so transformational for me just to spend time in that space with the Lord and just really kind of open up and say, I don't know how to deal with this. You know, I don't, I don't know up from down right now. And I need you to guide me. I need you to tell me what to do next. And then on top of adoration, I would say the surrender novena is the number one best novena to pray. It's something that I've decided to just keep perpetual. I just want to keep praying it over and over and over again uh, because it's brought me so much comfort. I mean, just Christ's message there. Yeah, I'll take care of every. Yeah, take I'll care, take of, care every, of it. Yeah. Stop struggling. Stop trying to make me do it your way. And, ha you know, that's me. I'm an only child. So I'm like, I want my way, you know, and he's like, just, just trust me. I'll take care of it. And, you know, that deep confusion, that deep darkness and feeling of loss and, and, you know, just, um, total chaos kind of going on in your head. He can quiet all of that. I was just listening to that, that story today of Christ napping in the boat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, his disciples freaking out, you know, like any of us, all of us do, we're freaking out. We're like, where are you? Why are you sleeping? We're going to die. 
and then he like, shows up and you yeah. say why didn't i remember that and then the yeah. next time you do the exact same thing he yeah. shows up you say oh why wouldn't i just trust you from now on and then yeah. you, <laughs> why don't i learn my lessons why the, why is my skull so thick you know i often think because i've read this story like a hundred times to my kids you know the sneeches have you read the sneeches Dr. yes Bruce? what Start runs through my arms. head i don't know it's probably not good it's probably a nice negative thought pattern anyway um <laughs> if i do something that i know like oh man god was right and so i'll hear that phrase in my head you can't teach a sneeze <laughs> and it's it's hard to admit that but it's true like humanity i just see us we fall and fall and fall and i just hear that you can't teach a sneeze like have we learned our lessons yet? Have we, uh, will we ever learn? Anyway, yeah. that was, uh, clearly a tangent, but. Um, no, it's very relevant. And I think just, uh, you know, trying as much as we can to make space for him to work. Yeah. That's what all we have to do. No, that's excellent advice, adoration, surrender, novena. Um, and I gotta say, the surrender novena with any novena if you actually mean the words i mean that that takes it off this is obvious but i just have to remind myself of this you know you can just say oh we're going to do a novena and you just start reading it and you don't <laughs> internalize it right 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 but if you pause and internalize those words that's when the emotions start coming out and you just realize, oh, whoa, this is a big, this is a big prayer, you know? Yeah, it is. It is really huge. And you're right. It's so easy to just kind of like, okay, day two. Day two, uh, day three. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Is there anything else you want to, you want to leave uh, the viewers with? Uh, just a reminder that God loves you. That is kind of the primary message that undergirds providential co and uh remembering that god's love you god loves you is huge it's just something to repeat to yourself every day and it'll kind of be a compass and i hope that all your viewers are blessed excellent thank you so much trisha god bless your work and your family and i will include obviously the the link to your shop and to some of these items that are so so well done so thanks again thank you eddie my pleasure. Everyone, uh, please share the video and comment and subscribe. Until next time, take care and God bless. Bye.